0: Hi, my name is Mayanna Dellinger, and this is the Global Energy and Environmental Law Podcast. Today is Tuesday, the 29th of December, 2020. I'm a law professor with the University of South Dakota School of Law, and I also create these podcasts on general issues of energy and environmental law. Today, I'm going to be talking about how the fossil fuel industry is gaslighting or trying to gaslight people of color into believing that fossil fuels are actually good for them. So, of course, the fossil fuel industry is trying to sell more of its products, coal and gas mainly. uh, But, of course, with climate change, there's a lot of resistance against that, which is uh, getting more and more intense. So the fossil fuel industry naturally is trying to sell more and to stay in business. And uh, they're using various tactics to do that. One of the things that I found particularly disturbing recently is that the industry is now trying to claim moral high ground by claiming that, for instance, gas, especially natural gas, is actually not so bad after all and in fact will get cleaner as renewable fuels are blended into current types of gas. That gas benefits low-income families by keeping energy prices low that black, Hispanic, and indigenous communities can't actually afford a transition to a fossil-fuel economy, that jobs will be lost by a transition to a fossil-fuel economy, and, for instance, that in Alaska, that banks that are not backing oil and gas drilling in the Arctic are in fact harming Alaska natives by, quote, openly discriminating against investment in some of the most economically disadvantaged regions of America, end quote. In Los Angeles, the natural uh, or the fossil fuel industry is even trying to claim that Chinese food won't taste the same if it's not cooked over gas flames. Yes, you can't almost believe these things, but uh, these are true. Uh, True tactics that again the fossil fuel industry is trying to do to win over or to uh, cheat, uh, in particular for purposes of this podcast. Uh, people of color and including Native Americans. Of course, reality is different from uh, what I just uh, stated with some of those outrageous claims. Fossil fuels, including natural gas, uh, will actually lead to a global and environmental, uh, environmental and health crisis that disproportionately harms people who are not white. This, this is the notion of environmental justice. Uh, for instance, we know already that polluted air and water and deadlier heat waves and more punishing droughts are affecting all of us, of course, but uh, have particular effects uh, or disproportionately affecting low-income people, including people of color. Uh, COVID research even suggests that greater exposure to air pollution Uh, uh, resulting in part from decades of racist housing and environmental policies may be one of the reasons why we know that blacks and Hispanics are more likely to suffer from the virus than white folks. And why is it that people of color and low-income people are disproportionately affected? Well, as you know, it's because often the very polluting power plants, or polluting power plants in general, are built in communities of color. Fossil fuels are often extracted from Native American Native lands. Roads are built in or around communities of color. And the already existing economic and educational disadvantages of people of color and low-income people are making these situations much worse. Here's an example. There's a group that's called uh, the Western States and Tribal Nations Natural Gas Initiative, and so that sounds good, right? So you would think that's a big cooperative situation between uh, Native Americans, perhaps tribal nations, and governments in the American West? Uh, but what it is is actually an advocacy group for natural gas for a natural gas export facility in a port in Baja California, so in Mexico. That uh, was that was created to quote foster economic development in the rural com- communities of western state promote tribal self-determination and improve the environment, no less, End quote. And also that claims this group that American natural gas exports are proven to help other nations realize rapid emissions reductions while generating decades of economic development for our rural communities and sovereign tribal nations in the western US. This is from the group's website. I should also say, though, that it does uh, say that it's uh, also uh, renders support and advocates for a robust and sustainable North American natural gas industry that exports gas produced under stringent environmental standards. Uh, so these are some of the claims that group, again, the Western States and Tribal Nations Natural Gas Initiative, makes. The main backers of the group are different county governments in Western states and different fossil fuel companies. For example, the group received funding from Pembina Pipeline Corporation, a Canadian corporation uh, behind a $10 billion gas export terminal in Oregon. The group, that again uh, has a name that sounds as if it's a corporation with several tribes, actually has only one tribal member, and that's the uh, Ute Indian tribe of of the Winte and Ouray Reservation, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing those things, but that tribe has about 3,000 members. In contrast, the Lakota nation has more than 100,000 members. And as you know, the Lakotas are mainly in the Dakotas in uh, the prairie states of the United States. The Standing Rock tribe, also in the in the Dakotas, has about 15,500 members. And the Hopi tribe has about 20,000 members. So again, the utah uh, tribe that's a member of the uh, group I just mentioned, has only 3,000 members. But they do exist, and of course they also deserve to be heard. Um, It's just maybe a little bit unfortunate how these people are, I would dare to say, used in these pr 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 attempts by the fossil fuel industry to sort of make it sound like it's cooperating with Native Americans to a much greater extent than what it really is. It's of course not the first time that energy companies are trying to make connections with tribal communities for p r reasons, as if Native Americans actually really want fos- a fossil fuel economy um It's not so, says Kyle White, Professor of Environmental and Sustainability at the University of Michigan, who's also a tribal member. He says, and others say too, and of course facts demonstrate that Native Americans. For instance, the Standing Rock tribe in the Dakotas and other indigenous nations. So these studies show that Native Americans are an increasingly powerful force working for a cleaner energy, not for a fossil fuel economy. Um, So what about the monetary contributions that surely play a part of this uh, interplay between the fossil fuels companies and, in this case, the Native American uh, groups and their uh, mutual organizations? Um, So energy companies with more than a billion dollars in revenue per year uh, paid only 20,000 or pay only around 20,000 annually to the Western states and tribal nations Um, So not much at all. So of course every uh, penny is worth something, but to me it's shockingly little how little these energy companies are actually paying to uh, native groups uh, in order to basically use their voice for PR purposes for the fossil fuel companies themselves. Um, Other examples are as follows. In Southern California, Sempra, which is a subsidiary of Southern California Gas, uh, gave roughly one hundred seven thousand dollars recently to Pacoima Beautiful. Pacoima Beautiful fights for cleaner air in the mostly Latino low-income area of the northeast San Fernando Valley in Southern California. So, uh, so that Sempra Co- Corporation gave a hundred thousand uh, to Pacoima Beautiful from two thousand and fourteen to two thousand and eighteen. Um, A lot of money, yes, but also not so much if you consider how much these energy companies truly make. Um, Southern California gas is, in fact, increasingly trying to bring non-white voices to its cause, seeking out both Latino, Asian, uh, American politicians and giving money to Native American and African-American chambers of commerce. Um, And uh, in this case, the result was that all of these groups, in one example, uh, wrote letters in support of renewable gas, which is Southern California Gas's preferred climate solution. Believe it or not, Southern California's preferred climate action solution is to burn off more gas. And I'm saying that tongue in cheek because that's crazy, because we know we need to move away from fossil fuels, not promote natural gas as if it's some sort of clean uh, solution. It is not. We need to already move past that to truly green and truly sustainable energy uh, sources. Um, So, in fact, there's also, of course, other groups that uh, promote the fact or that uh, pay attention to the fact uh, that some of these groups that seemingly support people of color actually do not represent the majority of their communities and uh, groups such as the Center on Race, Poverty and the Environment and the Asian Pacific Environmental Network have pointed that out. Um, For example, in another example, there's uh, the United Latinos vote of Berkeley, California. That group has argued that all electric buildings would disproportionately impact vulnerable communities and communities of color, hurt the real people and people we represent, namely low-income and ethnic minority populations. Um, And groups such as another one, for example, the California Environmental Justice Alliance has called United Latinos Vote an industry group that describes itself as equity-based and cloaks itself by stealing the racial justice language of the moment, and that indeed uh, seems to be the case with these uh, misleading narratives at best. Who's funding, uh, for instance, the United Latinos Vote Group in Berkeley, California? It's a little bit unclear, uh, but its political action committee uh, received 3,400 from two major oil and gas companies, namely Chevron and Phillips 66. The group itself won't say who's backing its energy advocacy. It's just said that various industries are, but it's known that at least Chevron and Phillips 66 um, have contributed, the, in my opinion, very small amount of just around $3,400 uh, to these groups. Again, of course, some money is better than no money, or is it? Some people are actually saying, and some of these groups are actually thinking that that th- saying that that thinking is wrong, that uh, previously the uh, sort of line of thinking was, let's just take the money and do something good with it from these energy companies. But instead, now more and more groups are saying it's actually better to take a stand against these energy sources and their industries and organizations and groups and just saying no to money like that. Um, It's also not uncommon for, uh, for instance, the NAACP uh, and its subchapters to receive fossil fuel money and go to bat for policies that are favored by the energy industry. And this fact uh, led to the NAACP making a report called Fossil Fueled Foolery that lists the top 10 manipulation tactics of the fossil fuel industry and warned local chapters of the NAACP not to fall for them. And for instance, some of these industry tactics are, as we know, that the industry uh, often, in fact, funds scientists and scientific institutions that publish biased research studies. Uh, so research sounds like it should be you know purely neutral but often it is not it's often funded by because scientists have to seek out individual funding so it's often funded by industry groups such as the fossil fuel industry and that industry also as we know often contends that government regulations hurt the economy ratepayers and poor people And that's also misleading because these regulations are necessary and can in fact lead to better situations and green jobs and so forth. Another fossil fuel industry tactic is that they often exaggerate the level of job creation they create and downplay the lack of quality and safety of jobs in the green sector. Uh, That's possible. So the NAACP has created a report On the tactics that's used by the fossil fuel industry uh, in order to mislead not only people of color but everyone basically into believing that the industry is much better and safer and cleaner and so forth than it really is. And some of these tactics are as follows. The group uh, claims, or these groups, the fossil fuel groups, uh, claim that or often in fact fund scientists and scientific institutions to publish biased research studies Research often sounds like it's so neutral and, you know, maybe university driven, and that's sometimes the case, but sometimes not. Sometimes it's actually backed by industry, including the fossil fuel industry. That industry also often contends that government regulations hurt the economy, ratepayers and poor people. Where often that's just a scared tactic, uh, there's many other issues uh, at play too and often regulations can um, help uh, different communities and can help create green jobs, better jobs, better paying jobs and so forth. The fossil fuel industry also often exaggerates the level of job creation done by it and downplay the lack of quality and safety of jobs in that industry. The industry also praises false solutions while claiming that real solutions are impractical or impossible. And in almost 2021 that's often far or typically far from the case anymore. So what are some groups that speak for people of color? Well, I mentioned a few already. There's also the Natural Resources Defense Council that is pushing back against all these tactics, uh, including the against the cost argument. They're demonstrating the NRDC, the Natural Resources Defense Council, is that electric heat pumps are actually cheaper to operate than gas furnaces in homes in the long run. Uh, They also, or that group also supports government incentives to reduce any upfront costs to low income households from transitioning to electric appliances that are cleaner. All electric homes can also benefit low-income families by creating good-paying jobs and reducing indoor air pollution from gas stoves. There's many other uh, advantages from shifting away from uh, gas uh, utilities and gas-fueled homes, for instance, uh, and gas-driven buildings also. For instance, green jobs, cleaner jobs. Uh, Green jobs are often paid better. There's, of course, health advantages in shifting away from fossil fuels. This is a shift, granted, but it's happening anyway. It's a must. We have to shift away from fossil fuels. We know that. What are or what is the reality regarding people of color and various energy interests? So a poll conducted in the summer of 2019 by the Public Policy Institute of California showed that 52% of Latinos and 46% of black people are actually willing to pay more for solar and wind energy. This compares to just 42% of white people. 70% of Latinos and 65% of black people say that stricter environmental laws and regulations are worth the costs compared to just 53% of white people latino and black people are more likely to be concerned about climate change than white people so of course the rhetoric uh, about trying to you know speak to people of color as if you know this is hurting them uh, or the as if the fossil the shift away from fossil fuel is hurting them is something that the fossil fuel industry is attempting to do uh, to win over people in that camp, people that already believe, as I just listed, to a much greater extent than white people do, that we actually, uh, as a whole, as humankind, do need to uh, potentially pay more uh, to shift away from fossil fuels, and that it's, it is, of course, better for us, um, and that laws and re- regulations are a must. So just uh, at the end, or towards the end here, it's not the first time in history that, uh, that uh, tactics like these have, uh, have taken place. Think about big tobacco. When people began to express uncertainty about the health effects of smoking in the early 20th century, tobacco companies also responded with campaigns to reassure the public about their products and thus to safeguard their industry. For instance, the company Lucky or the Lucky Cigarette brand advertised using slogans like For your throat's sake. The camel brand claimed that more doctors smoke camels. Philip Morris uh, claimed uh, or advertised its cigarettes with uh, scientifically proved to be far less irritating to the nose and throat than other brands. Lucky Strike uh, claimed to keep a slender figure no one can deny. And so this was in fact, in despite the fact that they knew and have known for decades, in fact for 50 years since the 1960s, of the cancer risk of of uh, cigarettes. Similarly, for instance, Exxon, we now know, has known since the 1970s about the causes of climate change and the dangers climate disruption poses, but yet... They continue to uh, try to sell their products, even though they know their dangers, in similarity with what Big Tobacco tried to do uh, until recently. So on top of the health costs to us by fossil fuels, there's also huge monetary costs of climate change. In 2020, in this country, the United States, hurricanes and wildfires cost $60 billion in losses. On a list of 10 storms, floods, and fires, all of them cost at least 1.5 billion each. 9 out of 10 of those incidents cost at least 5 billions each. In China, the country suffered 32 billion dollars in losses between just June and October. In India, cyclone Amphan caused losses of 13 billion dollars in a very short period of time. In Africa, locust swarms cost $8.5 billion in losses, and the United Nations has linked that locust incident uh, to climate change. And these figures are actually likely underestimated because they're based only on insured losses. And as we know, not everyone, not even corporations, insure everything. That situation is uh, only to get much worse uh, there's also mental health problems in addition to uh, regular health problems and uh, monetary losses As uh, for young people in particular. As we saw, uh, for instance, in the case of Greta Thunberg, the Swedish activist uh, who's very concerned about climate change, that uh, youth concern exists, of course, in the United States too. For instance, climate change stress affects daily life for 47% of American young adults. Um, and they suffer um, effects such as depression, anxiety, trauma, shock, even PTSD. More than half of American teenagers feel afraid and angry about climate change. 72% of young adults are concerned that climate change will harm their community, as it will, I hate to say. And for instance, groups such as the Sunrise Movement, um, and in particular the Sunrise Movement here in Los Angeles, uh, so that's it. The Sunrise Movement is a youth-focused climate change activism group that has stated that they find that it's not uncommon to think about suicide by young people uh, because of the climate crisis. So things are bad. And in uh, instead of trying to uh, give up voluntarily, of course, the fossil fuel industry does not want to do that. They're trying to literally gaslight, so in other words, to sort of cheat people into thinking that they're the fossil fuels line of thinking is uh, what people should believe. Whereas in fact, the opposite is the case. Gaslighting is an old uh, phrase that uh, you could look up, but again, it indicates... Uh, that somebody is trying to cheat something else into believing that the cheater is in fact the one that's speaking the truth and the listener is the one that's kind of crazy or not thinking the right way. So these are some of the thoughts that have been raised in connection with not only people of color uh, and people in low-income communities, but also the rest of us. And that's far for thought. So again... Don't believe everything you hear or read be critical, and arguably especially so towards the fossil fuel industry. The research for this podcast comes from uh, many places, uh, but I wanted to list in particular from the LA Times, from the NAACP, from the various organizations' websites that I referred to, BBC News and the Internet in general. Again, my name is Mayanna Dellinger. I'm a law professor with the University of South Dakota Knudsen School of Law. I can be reached at mayanna.dellinger at usd.edu. This was a co-production with the American branch of the International Law Association, ABILA. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year.